Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen. With me today, coach to other life coaches, Monique Scott. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Oops, and unfortunately, we're working without Cindy Chavez today, but uh, Monique is with me today, so two instead of three, but, uh, you know, that's okay. That gives us a more, little more mic time today, right? Yep. Yeah, that's the way to look at it. Cindy's uh, dealing with, uh, she, she got her second COVID shot, and uh, so she's getting a little bit of symptoms. She's fine. She, nothing serious going on there, but uh, she just needed a little time to recover and, you know, get into the best place. And plus, she's bringing a special guest for us next week, Monique. A friend of hers. Yeah, Jackie's coming on, and uh, we'll be talking more about her later on. But, uh, yeah, nice. apparently th- this person has some pretty cool skills, and I won't even try to detail them. I'm going to let her let it be a little bit of a surprise. But, yeah, from, what, from the way Cindy is talking, this woman is cool. She is really, really cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm excited. So but anyway, we're going to continue with uh, what we've been doing. We've been playing some LOA experiments based on the books by Pam Grouty, E squared and E cubed. And uh, just to review what we were working on last week, uh, uh, we were going to go through uh, a 48-hour period, which I did, by the way, and uh, hopefully some of our listeners did. If you did, you know, by all means, share what your experience was. If you're in the live stream or send us emails to let us know, you know, what you were experiencing. Uh, but we were basically just trying to keep track over a 48-hour period um, of all the times that something good happened or, you know, somebody did something kind or there was something we liked or, you know, anything that's on the positive side uh, to basically see what happens when you do that. You know, make it a conscious effort day by day, moment by moment, minute by minute practically. And you may remember, Monique, I was actually concerned that I would – uh actually spend most of my day writing, trying to keep up with this. Oh, my shirt's disappearing into the background. This is a strange I know. Thing. I think it's so cool because it looks all like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm in Star Trek about to be, I'm being beamed up by Scotty or something. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was going to mention it, but I thought, well, already, so I'm not going to say anything. That's part of the fun of, of uh, working with StreamYard is their, their green screen needs a little bit of work, but that's okay. Yeah. It makes it interesting. But um, no, anyway, I was uh, I was keeping track for a 48-hour period. Interesting thing happened, by the way. Ooh, as, I was, as I was uh, doing it, first of all, two things. Well, two interesting things happened. First okay. one was I didn't spend all day like I was fearing, you know, writing stuff down all day. <laughs> Which, which okay. kind of shows my day wasn't going perfectly well the way I would want it to, but nevertheless, I wasn't writing things down all day, which was good. Um, right. The second thing that happened is I, I, over 48 hours, I actually identified 15 things. So that was pretty cool. Nice. 15, 15 things that, that were, you know, really good and exceptional and worth noting and all that kind of stuff. And some that were pretty, pretty basic, you know, that like spend some time playing with the cats. I mean, you got to put that one down because it feels good. That's not unusual. You know, it's yeah. not, you know, it's not. It's not outside the norm, but it's noteworthy. It's good. Yeah. But what I was noticing, and I, I kind of should have known this. I'm going to try to adjust my screen. My, I, I swear to God, I'm going to disappear in about a minute. Uh, but <laughs> um, one of the things I was noticing, the big thing I was noticing is that as I focused intently on having to record this stuff, uh-huh. my vibration definitely went up in a big, really? big way. Yeah, really, really big. And then the most spectacular not spectacular, that's the wrong word. The most, um, what's the word? It, it, spectacular is what we use to describe something that's really cool. This is something that's a little bit 
I don't want to say alarming because that makes it sound worse than it is, but something that just kind of jumps out at you says, oh, you know, warning flag, pay attention. Yeah. After the 48 hour period was up, I crashed. Now, by crashed, I mean, I came back down to the level I was at before. Uh huh. In other words, I didn't fully grasp how high I had gotten vibrationally until after I came down. Wow. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, you would think you would notice, but I, I took inventory afterward and realized I feel pretty much the way I did before we did the show last Wednesday. You know, so what's going on here? I guess because I just stopped doing what I was doing for 48 hours, keeping track of all the things that I liked that were going on. Hmm. So, so okay. kind of like in an inverse way, it kind of reinforced me. This is a pretty powerful exercise. This yeah. Is really tough to do, you know, so. Anyway, I, and unfortunately, Cindy isn't here, so we will have to wait till she gets back to have yeah. her uh, tell her tell us what ex- what experiences or stories she had. Did you have anything interesting happen when you were doing the, the experiment or over the last week? One. One. Okay. Yeah, I actually ended up doing a Facebook Live about it. Really? Uh, yesterday. Cool. Yeah. Um, long story short, cause I know I can be long winded, but long story short. <laughs> Actually, you're not nearly as long winded as many of my co-hosts. You're okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Did I, feel, I feel better then. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if I shared with you guys, well, did I share with you that I'm moving back to Atlanta? No. Oh, okay. I'm moving back to Atlanta. <laughs> okay. Well, no, that's not true. I think you actually mentioned something about going to Atlanta. I didn't realize it was a permanent move. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's going to be um, a permanent move, but let me just um, say off the top, I did not want to go, but I really? knew that it was God. I knew that it was spirit directing me to go okay. mm-hmm. because I didn't want to go. <laughs> so I always know something major is God. If, if it goes against what I really, really want mm-hmm. and I have to fight against it. I already know that's him. And I just, Mm -hmm. by now I've learned to just follow his lead, right? (laughs) But I wasn't happy about it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I will say maybe in just like the last couple of weeks, I've I've been okay with it. You know, I've accepted it. Okay, God, I don't know what you have for me in Atlanta because Florida is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we'll see. So I figured it out and I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to waste you guys time with it, but I figured it out. Over the weekend, or rather it was revealed to me why okay. I'm going back. Okay. And it's a business opportunity with real estate. So um, it doesn't mean that I'm going to stop coaching or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just an additional stream of income, but this is real estate investing is something I've been wanting to do since 1998. And if any of your oh, listeners wow. are like our age, they may or may not remember like Carlton Sheets and Ron LeGrand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those infomercials late at night, right? Right, right. And I even bought Carlton's course. I didn't do anything Did with it. How <laughs> you bought well, it? Okay. it right? But that's how long I've been interested in becoming a real estate investor. Yeah, yeah, okay. So in 2007, I met this lady. I lived in Atlanta at the time. Mm-hmm. I met this lady, older lady, old enough to be my mom, actually. Wow. Um, but she was a real estate investor and she worked with other real estate investors. Mm-hmm. This is 2007, right before the real estate bubble right. burst. That's when everything was starting to fall apart. Right, right. 
So obviously, this is not a good time to get into real estate. Not really, no. Right. I'm not going to get too far with it. That would not have worked out nicely. <laughs> right. And actually, my very last email, her name was Shirley, Miss Shirley. Uh-huh. Um, my very last email to her was saying just that. Hey, mm-hmm. I've got a friend who's a loan officer. All of her loans are folding. She told me this is not a good time. Sorry, I can't work with you. Yeah. That's yeah. 2007. While out of the blue, she emails me. Oh my. She emails me. She responds to that 2007 email. To that one? To oh, that geez. exact one. Oh my God. Yes. yes. Crazy, right? Right. And, um, I ended up, she sent me her phone number and she said, call her. So I called her yesterday and while we talked and it was just so great to hear her voice, first of all. Mm. Second of all, um, I couldn't believe that she remembered me, but she went on to tell me that unfortunately her husband of like 40 plus years passed away about three years ago from a mm. massive heart attack suddenly. Mm. And how she just kind of lost all spark or zest for life, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah. So we got to talking real estate and I told her, you know, it's so funny that you contacted me because over the weekend, um, I like these YouTube videos just started popping up. And if you know anything about YouTube, you know that it just sends you more of the stuff that you're watching, right? Well, I hadn't been watching anything on real estate. So why (laughs) person popped up? I don't know. But I started binge watching his stuff and then I talked to her yesterday. Mm-hmm. Then it comes together and I realize part of the reason why I'm going back to Atlanta is not just for real estate, but Miss Shirley talked about how she wanted to get back into real estate, but you know, she just kind of lost her zest. You know, she's just been trying to get back on track since her husband passed away. Right. Sure. But you know, while talking to her, I could tell she was just so happy to have somebody to talk about because that's all she's ever done. She's never done anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. And my heart was just so full. Right. Like, you know, like I just couldn't wait to tell her all the stuff that I learned over the weekend. And and I was like, Shirley, I know your knees are bad. I'm going to come. I'm going to get you. We're going to go driving for dollars. Looking at, (laughs) I'm going to get you back in the game. Right. She's so excited. And that just warmed my heart so much that I did a a Facebook Live on my personal page just about how, you know, a lot of times when when things happen for us, Walt, I I firmly believe it's never just about us, right? Mm -hmm. Like your podcast, you love doing it. But mm-hmm. there's a reason why you love doing it, right? Oh, yeah. This is part of your purpose. This is how you are meant to reach others mm-hmm. who are also interested in manifestation, the law of attraction, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, just need a daily dose of happy. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think we oftentimes think about those things in our lives, especially stuff that we're passionate about, how really it's not just about us. Mm. But it's really about other people. I mean, I, I believe that we as human beings are here to serve one another, mm-hmm. right? In some type of capacity. We're, we're meant for relationship. And so just to bring you back to the good thing that happened for me was just looking back, just like Steve Jobs said, you connect the dots looking backwards. You can't do it looking forward. And right. even though all of this just started like to snowball from the weekend, 
Mm -hmm. I'm seeing how God is putting the dots together. Why part of the reason why I'm going back to Atlanta, why I have peace about it, why I'm excited about it, because I never would have known. I mean, 2007. Mm. Yeah, right. It's like, what? what's that? 14 years ago? Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait. 2007, she responds to that last email and told me, you know, I've thought about you over the years. And I was like, wow. But even in thinking about me, she never reached out until now. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me, remember how last week we reported on the first week of experiment that we did? And in that first, you know, during the week experiment, we were, each of us, we were asking for something. Right. Cindy's Cindy's ask was to be connected with somebody that she hadn't talked to in more than 10 years. And it makes me wonder, like, you were listening to that, you were reacting like I was. I wonder if that was influencing you. I wonder if it was influencing your vibration. That's very possible. You know? That, again, I believe we're all interconnected, right? Yeah, right. And there's a reason for everything, right? So who knows? Maybe that could have been not a premonition, but maybe not even, I don't like the word warning, but, you know, let's just call it a warning. I don't know. That, you know what? How about stimulus? Happen. Say again? A stimulus. Yeah, right? The stimulus, you know, yeah. stimulated something in your mind, your mind got going and boom, yeah. <laughs> out of the blue. Right. Picked up on the same vibration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. That's very, very cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited just because, um, from when she was doing real estate, the market is, well, you know, technology has changed so much. And it's always just like that, right? Exactly. And so I was just letting her know you can do real estate from your home. Like literally you never have to leave to even look at any properties anymore like you That's used true. to. Yeah. 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 So mean, she was excited. I, I wasn't doing real estate, but I, I was getting a, a, a new flavor, a new taste of that today because uh just recently I got into the habit of taking checks that have come in and I'm depositing them now uh virtually by mobile phone. So ah. here's one more thing I don't have to do. I don't have to drive into the bank anymore. You know, isn't it crazy? It is crazy. I mean, it's, it's cool. And I'm enjoying the fact that I can do it. And especially on a day right. like this where we have major thunderstorms passing through the area, it's not a great day to go out to the bank. Right. You know, so I'm appreciating an idea like this, but you know, and, and it's a small thing, but it's, it's just one of those things that reminds you. Yeah. We do a lot of stuff from home now. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Something else I ran into, um, and we are going to get to uh, one of the Pam Grout experiments. In fact, it's going to be one that I have told a story about over the years because I had a really interesting manifestation experience with it. I think I mentioned it to you, too, so I'll reiterate it. But okay. I saw an article. Um, now, I I should uh, put out the caveat. I don't normally recommend people check the news. I don't check the news very much. I, uh, I allocate like three minutes a day to look at the headlines, and then I'm done because I don't want to bring myself down. So you know exactly what I mean. Okay. Yeah. But it was during that three minutes. It was a very productive three minutes. Let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> because during those three minutes, I saw an article that caught my attention. I actually went to read it because I liked the headline of it. It was basically a report on a study that was done. And in the study, they were asking about people's 
religious preferences. And and you and I have talked a lot about the changes you went through in your life, the changes I went mm-hmm. through in my life, where religion is concerned right. and so forth. Fascinating study because basically the main focus of the study was to find out how religious people are now. And this is something that pollsters have been asking for years, years mm-hmm. and years and years. I can remember when I was in my teens, the, the percentage of people who had no religious affiliation was in single digits. It was a very small right. percentage. Yeah, and, me too. Me too. Okay. And, <laughs> it was and then, almost unheard of. Yeah, exactly. It was almost unheard of. And over time, I, I mean, I knew it had been increasing, but I didn't know it was increasing all that much. This year, for the first time in the Gallup poll, Gallup's been doing this for many years now, the first time in the Gallup poll, a minority of Americans regularly attend some kind of religious service. Not a majority. Really? 47% attend some kind of religious service on some... It didn't even define what regular is. I got the feeling that if you went to Christmas and Easter, you were probably okay. And counted. <laughs> but a majority of people, including a number of people who are who still consider themselves to be religious, don't go to church. And here's the really interesting part. There's the, the nun category, the ones who say they're not religious or not affiliated with a church or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That category on the Gallup poll is now up to 21% of the population. Really? And that is Pew, interesting. And in the Pew Research poll that was done recently, 26%. And wow. there's a third poll that says it at 32%. So oh. somewhere between 21 and 32% of the population no longer associate themselves with any kind of religion. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder what the correlation is between that and people, for instance, discovering law of attraction, discovering conscious creation. I wonder if there's a thing going on there because you don't have to give up a religion. You know, you just given up on, you don't have to give up on spirituality. You're just giving up on a particular church or mosque or synagogue or something like that. Yeah. But I found that really fascinating. It's like, Hey, everybody's catching up to us. What do you think? (laughs) And I think that you're right. I totally agree. I think that that is why it is. I think, um, I think it's been probably steadily growing since The Secret came out. I mean, that's mm. been many, 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 many years ago. Mm. But I mean, even just when I think about, let's say, a year and a half ago when um, I became a manifestation coach. Remember, mm. I said I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah. Alone, right. you know, somebody would pay me to help them learn right. how to do it. Right. Yeah. But now they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Manifestation coaches are, it's nothing, I, everywhere. Oh, yeah. And that's just a brief, let's just say 18 months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it in terms of how many manifestation coaches, and now we've got plenty of podcasts about the law of attraction yep. and all that other good stuff, you know. Exactly. So I think that people are starting to realize, like you said, you know, you can be spiritual without, or, or I feel you can have a relationship with God without mm-hmm. having to subscribe to any particular structured religion. Right, exactly, and and that's cool. That that to me shows spiritual growth. It does. It does because I've always thought about it as when I was in the church, I would tell people. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ mm-hmm. for a reason. It's a personal relationship. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. need you to tell me, right. okay? This is between me and him. This That's is not right. between yeah. you and him, right? I, I don't need your instruction on how to get to God. <laughs> right. That kind of thing, right? 
<laughs> and now that, you know, my, my views around Jesus has shifted, but still, it's still a personal relationship it with is. God. Yeah. I mean, I don't it, necessarily feel I need to go to church in order to find him because he's not lost, right? Not really. Never was. No. <laughs> Fact, fact that I had the sense in the background there was always, "Hey, I'm here. Why don't you see me? Do you you see right. me? I'm here." Yeah. <laughs> right. I completely, completely agree. Yep. Yep. So anyway, that was cool. I thought that was interesting, and, and it was that nice to actually true. read. It was nice to read a piece of news that actually was positive. That felt good. That was nice. I enjoyed that. <laughs> it's like, but that's all you're gonna get. Now it's back to the doom and gloom. Well, I don't know. If I focus on the positive news, maybe I'll get more positive news. True. I think it's but part of the reason I keep watching. Lot. I, keep, huh? I keep checking the news periodically just to see if anything has improved. I think that's why I actually do it every day. Just oh, hoping. Okay. <laughs> just hoping. Yeah. Hey, I got a first result. I'll go for a second one, right? Hey. Anyway, we right. are, like I said, we're working with Pam Grout and the E Squared book. And I, I have told a story on numerous occasions about um, how the very first experiment I did in the book um, turned into a really cool manifestation story. Mm-hmm. And it basically involved um, a day where, first of all, uh, Pam, uh, the Pam Grout book had been given to me by Cindy. Cindy gave it to me as a gift when she came on the show. And I hadn't actually read it for the first couple of months that she was on the show. And mm-hmm. it was this one Sunday where I had been doing some interacting with people on social media who are asking for help with various things um, about the law of attraction. And that day it was all about people freaking out over numbers. What does it mean when I see one, two, three, what does five, oh, five, yeah. five mean? What does four, four, four mean? Numbers. What does mean? You know, and, and they were, and literally freaking out. You know, most, most of the time, most people are cool. Oh, you know, they want to know what it is and people give them answers. This day they were going nuts. It was like, oh my God, if I don't handle this number correctly, my life will end. It was that kind of an attitude going oh on. Oh my gosh. So after I helped him for a while, I said, okay, I can't take this anymore. I'm done. <laughs> you know, got offline, right? And saw the book sitting there. I said, okay, well, you know, let's see what the, what the Cindy sent me and started reading it, read the introduction and all that kind of stuff. It was pretty interesting. It was about mm-hmm. these experiments, which we've been doing here on the show. Yeah. Got to the first experiment and well, first of all, I was really enjoying um, Pam's sense of humor. We got that sense from with, yeah. she's, she's got a really wry sense of humor and quite fun. Um, so I was enjoying that a lot. Um, and in the first experiment, well, there are a few things I just want to, to bring in from the, from the book because I think they're pretty fun. First of all, the title of the first experiment is The Dude Abides Principle. <laughs> the dude in this case is the force of infinite possibilities or the universe or God or whatever you want to call it. But it's, it is the, the quantum field, so to speak of uh-huh. all the different things that, that uh, can happen in existence. Um, the way she calls it is the dude. I like that. Um, right. And then later on in her description, I, I won't read the whole thing, but there are a couple of things I want to include. She has a subsection called, <laughs> I can't believe she called it this God as terrorist. <laughs> as terrorist? <laughs> as terrorist. <laughs> okay. I, I should probably uh, lead up to this one uh, with what she'd been uh, writing about before this. She was including a few different premises and concepts that she had learned in her own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm, this isn't all that long, this section. Let me, let me just read these few pages. This is kind of fun. Okay. So it starts with the premise. This experiment will prove to you once and for all that there is a loving, abundant, totally hip 
force in the universe. Some people call it God. You can call it prana, the all there is, cosmo cramo for all, cosmo cramer for all I care. The problem up until now is we've had to take this force on faith. We weren't allowed to see it or touch it, but we've sure been asked to do a lot of things in its name, like tithe and meditate and push ashes on our head. I much prefer the idea of an energy force that moves on two-way streets. Does give and take bring any bills? In this experiment, we're going to let the FP, that's the uh, um, the, the phrase that she uses for uh, field of possibilities. The oh, FP, okay. Let the FP know that, baby, it's now or never. We are so over believing in something that gets us jollies playing hide and seek. We want irrefutable proof, and we want it now. You know those four little initials, ASAP? Well, those are the ones we're shooting for. We're going to give the FP exactly 48 hours to give us a sign, a clear sign, a sign that cannot be written off. And then she puts in comments, in a comment, neon would work, like a neon sign. <laughs> okay. Because we bought this idea that the force is vague and mysterious, we don't really expect to find it, or at least we're not surprised when we don't, because we haven't been trained to notice this inspiring, energizing, life-altering forces zooming in, around, and through us without our awareness. I agree. Subhead. What? Me? Wait? For those who want to wait for the pearly gates, well, go right ahead. It's like a modern-day person refusing to use electricity. All you have to do is access electricity. To access electricity is to find an outlet, plug in an electronic device or appliance, and voila! You get all kinds of cool stuff. Toasted bread, music that's piped in from radio towers, movies and news, and fellow humans eating slugs on deserted islands. We have to retrain ourselves to think of this energy force the same way we think of electricity. We don't wonder, am I good enough to plug my toaster oven into the outlet? Right. <laughs> I love it. Or have I prayed long enough or deep enough to deserve the right to flick on the kitchen lights? Right. <laughs> I, love I love it. it. We don't feel guilty for wanting to turn on the radio and listen to NPR. Mm-hmm. The FP is just as non-prejudiced and available as electricity once we make the decision to really look for it, and it's not that hard to find. Subhead anecdotal evidence. <laughs> and there's a little quote, God is not the pushover that some people would like you to believe. <laughs> this is the section where we talk about the elephant in the room. Yes, I'm talking about God. Unless you just crawled out from underneath a cabbage leaf, you've probably observed that an awful lot of people talk about this guy named God. One out of every seven days is devoted to worshiping him. Buildings of all shapes and sizes have been built to honor him. Many newspapers have a religious section right next to the political section, the local news, the weather, and the crossword puzzle. Some version of The Dude, to borrow borrow a moniker from cult classic The Big Lebowski, that's where that comes from, I guess. The Dude exists in every culture that has ever existed. Even physicists, whose sole line of work is studying the properties and interactions of matter and energy, know about the invisible force. Most of them do not call it God. Albert Einstein, for example, claimed no belief in the traditional God, but he sure as heck knew there was something a whole lot juicier out there in the cosmos. That juice, he said, was all he really cared about. The rest, he claimed, was just details. (laughs) The, (laughs) The God most of us believe in is an invention of man, fabricated for the sake of convenience. We accept this human made God as an indisputable fact, but it makes no sense. If God is love, if God is perfect, if God is all of the other beneficial descriptions we ascribe to him, why would he toss anyone into a lion's den? Furthermore, why would anyone in their right mind want to hook up with a capricious and unjust God who gets his jollies from punishing them? 
<laughs> Even the ditziest of women know theoretically she shouldn't hang out with a guy who might hurt her. I mean, who needs it? <laughs> so this is where we get to the subhead, God is terrorist. And the quote says, I don't know if God exists, but it would certainly be better for his reputation if he didn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was Jules Renard, a French author. <laughs> oh. No sooner had I mastered my ABCs than I was taught that I, little Pammy Sue Grout, was a miserable sinner and had fallen short of the glory of God. It was a fact, same as 2 plus 2 equals 4, and LMNOP is more than one letter in the alphabetical lineup. The only redeeming part of this all-important lesson is, at least I wasn't alone. Turns out everybody else in the world is a sinner, too. Even Mrs. Beckwith, my tender-hearted kindergarten teacher who brought me, who let me bring Pokey, my pet turtle, to class every other Monday. The bad thing about being a sinner is it guarantees a one-way ticket to hell. It was a little hard getting a handle on hell, being that I hadn't traveled much further than the Kansas border. But according to my dad, hell was not a place you wanted to be. It was hotter than my Aunt Gwen and Uncle Ted's house in Texas the summer their air conditioner broke. And, <laughs> <laughs> and unlike the vacation that ended after four days, you stay in hell for eternity. To understand eternity, he said, you think of how you felt last December 26th waiting for Christmas again. <laughs> for Acadia. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> but the adults are trying to figure out how they're going to pay the bills. But... <laughs> The escape clause is that you can get saved. So when I was four years old with a church organist playing Just As I Am, I walked to the front of the little Methodist church in Canton, Kansas, plopped down on my knobby little four-year-old knees and asked the good Lord to forgive me for my sins. My family from a long line of Methodists collectively breathed a sigh of relief. Dad and mom called all the aunts and uncles that very night to broadcast the good news. Well, our oldest is officially saved now, they crowed pr proudly. At least we can be assured that Pam is going to heaven. The best part, they figured, was that my conversion couldn't help but set a good example for my sister Becky, who was two, and my brother Bobby, who was only three months old, although I secretly hoped they would give him until he was old enough to talk. <laughs> of course, you didn't want to take any chances. I mean, Jesus could come back at any time, night or day. He was like a thief in the night. <laughs> right. <laughs> He could come in the morning while you were stirring circles in your Cap'n Crunch cereal. He could come at recess while you were hanging from your knees on the monkey bars. He could even come at two in the morning while you were sleeping, which could be a real problem if you happen to be a heavy sleeper. Jesus could snatch you up before you had time to get the sleep out of your own eyes. And that you didn't even want to think about. I mean, Aunt Gwen and Uncle Ted's house was hot. At the same time, I was learning to accept my true sinful identity. I was being told over and over again that God is love. Hmm. Never mind that the churches presented God as a sort of hidden camera that washed over everything I did. See, it made no rational sense, but of course, I was only four. What did I know? Even though I was yawningly close to being a perfect kid, I made straight A's, tried not to fight with my siblings, stayed away from drugs and alcohol, and even made my bed without being told. Even because of all, even though of all that, I felt I was constantly being critiqued by this quote, loving God, unquote, who was sitting up in heaven, gleefully rubbing his hands together whenever I screwed up. Gosh darn it, oops, there I go again, using his name in vain, seemed to be pretty often. What a legacy to dump on an innocent child. Now I understand what you meant by God is terrorist. <laughs> Nothing right. really real God has to do with what was preached. I get that. So anyway, um, she goes next into a, a series of what she calls whoppers. And whoppers are basically fake news is what we call them today. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so whopper number one, God is a hymn. 
as opposed to a her or having a gender at all. Right. Whopper number two, God looks like ZZ Top, makes black check marks after your name, and is basically too busy working on world hunger to care about you. (laughs) (laughs) Whopper number three, God plays favorites. I can understand where that one comes from, but I'll I'll skip over that section. Whopper number four, God rewards our suffering and gives brownie points for our sacrifice, better known as life sucks and then you die. (laughs) You can see where she's getting it from, though. Yes, I can. Whopper number five, God is just so demanding. That's true. I mean, you read through the Bible, it's pretty clear there's a lot of demanding going on there. Right. Whopper number six, you don't want to ask too much from God. You certainly wouldn't want to bug him. <laughs> I'm just sitting there waiting for that one to sink in. Whopper number seven, God is just so vague. Well, I can see where that one comes from. Because with all these seemingly contradictory viewpoints. Well, yeah, it does sound kind of vague. It's not clearly defined. And then whopper number eight, God only answers when he's good and ready, which I think is the really big one. Right. I'm going to read that one. She says, there is never a time when God or the force isn't guiding you and you do not have to wait for any green lights or get out of jail free cards. The big guy is available 24 seven. Once you, once you're ready to focus your full attention on it. The FP's guides, remember FP is, is her alternative name. Right. Happens as they say through, through a song lyric. Let's see. Hap, the guidance happens as they say about, well, something else through a song lyric on the radio by a phone call from a long lost friend. The trick is to pay attention, trust. And as I will continue to repeat, focus your full attention on it. And while we're on the topic of God's will, let's get this out on the table. There is no place in our updated picture of God for a hell of everlasting torment or for a sadist who would or could attempt to put you there. Nor is there any room for the idea that sickness or deformity or death or poverty or limitation of any kind is the will of God. The will of God, for those who insist on using that term, is the ceaseless longing of the spirit in you to become all you're capable of being. Mm, I like that. That's good. I like that. So now we get to the method associated with this first experiment and actually with all of the stuff that's in this book. In this experiment, you're going to devote 48 hours to looking for evidence of this all-knowing, all-perfect FP. Call it God if that feels comfortable. Luckily, the FP exists every single place you could ever think to look. (laughs) I like that. To up the stakes, you're going to ask the FP for a blessing or what I call an unexpected gift. You're going to give it 48 hours to send you a gift you wouldn't normally receive like a surprise check in the mail, a card from an old friend, something that is truly unexpected. You don't get to specify the blessing. That comes later in in another experiment. But you do need to give a clearly defined request and a concrete deadline. And as always, it helps to ask for help in recognizing your gift. And then she tells a little story. When my friend Wendy tried this experiment, she received not just one, but two unexpected blessings. She got a dollar an hour raise. Her boss called out of the blue. And her brother, who lived out of state and never calls unless there's a death in the family, volunteered to help her move, something he's never done in the six moves she's made before this one. (laughs) Robin, another friend, went out to her car during the 48-hour time frame during which she was conducting the experiment and found a gorgeous handmade leather purse, a gift left by a friend who had no idea she was doing the experiment. She says, I love the purse so much, I still carry it today. Results, depending on your consciousness, vary. Some people get something simple. My friend Julie, for example, had a two-year-old boy she'd never seen before come sit beside her on a park bench. They smiled at each other like two reunited soulmates. Mm. 
Or it might be something pretty amazing. Another experimenter, Eric, was offered a free ski trip to, La- to Lake Tahoe. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Take note of how you feel about asking the energy field for a blessing. Do you feel a bit antsy? Wonder if you're being selfish? Doubt whether it's appropriate to ask for something good? This feeling provides telling insight. Maybe you don't believe you deserve a gift. The Ooh. thought sends signals to the energy field and affects its resonance. Perhaps you think it's only appropriate to ask for something you need. That signal, too, is being radioed Ooh. to the energy field. Interesting points. Yeah. To, to do this experiment properly, you have to set aside skepticism. Not forever, just for 48 short hours. All you have to do is spend two measly days expecting to see proof. Expect to see the dude in living color. Expect it with your whole heart. Expect it with every ounce of your soul. Like any good hypnotist, this one is falsifiable. If you don't hear from the FP in 48 hours, feel free to write it off. She says, pick a time to start the experiment. She says, now usually works for her. Jot down the time and date. Ask the FP to make its presence known. Ask for a blessing. If you like, repeat the intention or approach listed at the fo- on the following lab report sheet, because she has a re- report sheet on the next page, or just make up your own. Make, make, just, or just make up your own, and that's it. Let go and observe. And then the lab report sheet says, the principle is the dude abides principle. The theory that there is an invisible energy force or field of infinite possibilities, and it's yours for the asking. The question, does this uh, field of possibility exist, or God, or universe, or whatever you want to call it? The hypothesis is if there's a 24-7 energy field equally available to everyone, I can access it at any time simply by paying attention. Furthermore, if I ask the force for a blessing, give it a specific time frame and clear instructions, it will send me a gift and say, my pleasure. Time required, 48 hours. Today's date and time's got blanks for that. Deadline for receiving the gift, there's a blank for that. And then comes the approach. I hate to break it to you, FP, but folks are starting to talk. They're starting to wonder, is this guy for real? I mean, really, it's like it'd be so much skin off your chin to come down here and call off this crazy hide-and-seek thing you've been playing. I'm giving you exactly 48 hours to make your presence known. I want a thumbs up, a clear sign, something that cannot be written off as coincidence. She's got a bit of an attitude, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a bit. And then she's got space for research notes. So that's the basic experiment. Basically, you leave it open to the universe what it's going to be. You don't specify, I want a brand new watch. Just show me something, something that proves that you're real, that this whole thing actually works. Yeah. It's a cool experiment, I think. It is, and I'm excited about this one. Why is that? Because I love asking God for a surprise. I love doing this. I usually do it on the regular, but I I just love Oh, yeah. So this is like an ongoing, this isn't something you're doing for for the first time. This is something you've been doing for like years. Oh, yeah. So like, do you have any great stories to tell off of it? Man, nothing that I can think of that comes off the top. I mean, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be anything spectacular. I mean, the story that I kept telling, remember the, the numbers? You know, I kept seeing the numbers all day long. I picked up yeah. the book. I started reading it. I got to the part where you actually fill out the form. I was a little bit too lazy to fill out the form, but I kind of filled it up mentally um, and said, okay, put in the, the date. So I put in the date mentally and said, put in the time. I picked up my phone and it said 5.55. Yeah. And I knew instantly that I'd gotten exactly what I had asked for, something that shows that the whole thing works. And I got it instantly. 
So that, that was cool. That was fun. Well, I think it goes back to what we were talking about last week. The things that I do that are commonplace to me, like I don't even think about it anymore. When we were talking about the whole celebration, do you celebrate? And I was like, no, not really. <laughs> right? Because I just expect it. Mm-hmm. I expect that to be the norm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I like to, I don't want to say challenge God, but sometimes I'm just like, hey, you got time on your hands. <laughs> Come on. What are you going to do for me? I know you want to anyway. So, <laughs> and that's literally how I think of it. I literally feel like God is really just there waiting in a way to serve us. I know that that doesn't sound right, like, not like worshiping us, right? But I believe that he wants to do good things for us. Mm-hmm. I remember um, I listened to a lot of Jim Rohn. I really like him. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of his messages, he used to say, you need to be a good asker, right? Mm-hmm. So the Bible says, ask and you shall receive, right? Knock mm-hmm. and the door shall be open, blah, 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 right? But you don't ask. So I try to make it a habit to ask because I believe that that's what he wants. I mean, the Bible says it. <laughs> it says it, does. it. It does. doesn't say it doesn't give us any limitations, right? Nope. None whatsoever. So I try to make it a habit to ask and, and kind of like this. I don't specify exactly what it is at all. Hey, yes, I, I yes, yesterday, yesterday. That's it. I know you're like, what the heck are you talking about? Mommy? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. We're all waiting with bated breath. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Shirley. Oh, yes. That's right. Yesterday morning on my way to the gym. That's what I said to God. I said, God, something amazing is going to happen today in terms of real estate. I don't know who, what, when, how, where. I don't even care. I said, but something great is going to happen in terms of real estate. This is and cool. then I literally just forgot about it until this moment. But this so, is cool. Yeah. You, we, we made a connection because that's yeah. what we do a lot. We forget these connections that we that we made previously. We just kind of skip over them. And you just remade it again. That's cool. I like. That. Yeah. So let's do it. All right. That's good. Um, something else. Was, well, there was something else that came to my mind, and of course now it's flown out. So hopefully it'll come back. But directly related to what you're talking about here. Oh, I know what it was. Um, my, when I was making my own transition away from organized religion into my own, well, first of all, I went into like an agnostic atheist mode, but then I eventually moved into a spiritual mode with the help of the secret and Abraham Hicks and teachers like that. Um, but well, when I was going through that, that process, one of the things that really annoyed me over time, I mean, at first it just, it, it tickled my mind and like, I didn't understand it, but as I started moving more and more away from the Christian church, I just kept focusing on this like over and over again. Why is it that whenever I would ask uh, a church elder or a minister or a pastor or somebody like that, uh, the question of, you know, well, what happens? What, why, why, are, what, what, what does God say anytime we, we make an ask? I mean, you know, why, why is it we don't always get what we want? And the answer that it always came back was, well, sometimes the answer is no. And I, I couldn't get my head around that. Like, why would that be the case? Why would the answer be no? It took me yeah. a long, long time before I finally realized the answer is always yes. Uh, yes, it's always yes. 100% of the time. 
but that that like haunted me for years. You know, why why on earth would any self-respecting God refuse <laughs> refuse the request when that's what God keeps telling you? Ask, like you said, ask. Yeah. Ask and it's given, you know. Finally, I ran into the Abraham Hicks teachings, and that's where I learned that the problem isn't that we don't get what we ask for because the answer is no. The problem is we don't ask for what we think we're asking for. <laughs> we are putting out vibrations that don't match what it is oh, we think we're asking for. Yeah, We're putting yeah. out vibrations that it, it's kind of like saying, I love you. You know, it just doesn't, the the attitude doesn't match the words, you know, so you're saying, I love you, but you don't really mean it, you know? Yeah. I'm not feeling the love. I'm not feeling the love. Right. So it, it, so if you make a request and say mentally to yourself, because we do these in our head, right? We have these little private conversations. I really don't think you're going to give this to me, but I really like a new bike. And that's literally what people do. Well, you know, of course, the answer is yes, you don't get the bike because that's what you asked for. Your words said you don't get the bike. That's right. Your words said something different from what your attitude said. And it's the vibration is what people don't realize. Yeah. It's really what you believe is what God acts upon. Not so much what you say, because like you said, you can say one thing, but really internally believe or feel something different. And that it's that feeling. What what did Neville God have said? Feeling is a secret. It's that true inner feeling. Mm -hmm. What he knows to be true is what you get. Yes, you don't get the bike. (laughs) You're right. And isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how often we as human beings we, even if, if we start to learn how the secret works, we learn we have to be excited, right? So we say, okay, I really want the new job. I'm so excited. I'm going to get this new job. Okay, I'm done. That job's never going to come. <laughs> right? right? Isn't that the way the conversation goes in the head? Oh, can I tell you something? Sure. So the guy is still hanging on. The guy I met that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. He's right. still hanging on for dear still life. Trying. Right? Okay. So we were talking and um, I was asking him about a recent interview that he had for this job that he really wants and it's close to six figures. Like it's almost like his dream job, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And he said something very telling. Normally I would point this out, but I didn't. I didn't say anything. And he was telling me, oh, the interview went well. And my friend really spoke up for me and all this other good stuff, right? And then he says, but, you know, if I don't get the job, then it's okay because I got other stuff lined yeah, up. Right. Let's just undermine the whole process right there. And I'm thinking just two days ago, we both agreed that this job is already yours, period. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. is it going to happen? I don't care how long they're taking to deliberate over whether or not they're going to pay you this $90,000. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that they think you're expensive or whatever the case may be, right? You've already decided that this is what you want. You've already asked God for it and you believe that this is for you. Why wouldn't it be? Why would you now backtrack and say, well, because it's, it's what we see in the physical that happens all the time. That's why. Well, I thought I would have had an offer letter by now. I can't believe they're debating over a few thousand measly thousand more dollars to, you know, <laughs> that I'm asking for or whatever, right? My thought process is they could take a week. The answer is still going to come back. Yes. Right. But I just thought it was very, very interesting how just two days ago we had, like I said, we had decided that it was already done. 
Yeah. And then he right back in the gates, the very thing that he said, well, you know, if it doesn't all happen, I already got something else going on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what happens. And this, I think, is why I brought up the whole thing about what I learned in my church when I was still a church member, mm-hmm. that sometimes the answer is no. We get programmed with that. Many of us yes. have got programmed with that. Yes. And it yeah. undermines us. They don't realize it. They're not trying to undermine us. Right. But, right. Know, but that's what and they're I don't doing. Think, I don't think, as a matter of fact, I know he did not catch what he saw. So oh, that sure. told me internally on some level, he really doesn't believe. There's some some level of doubt there, right? Well, he's, well, he's probably playing an old tape, an old tape that says this can't work. Once again, you're going to be disappointed. I know that tape because right. I played it a lot. I'm very familiar with it. <laughs> you almost wrote the script? Actually, I think I did. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I mean, we write our own scripts, so yeah, I guess it's on me. Okay, raise my hand. No. I got it. Yeah, I wrote that one. So, you know, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm, of course, I hope he gets the position. Sure. But I won't be surprised if he does not. I'll put yeah. it that way. Well, sure. I mean, that's the interesting thing. I don't know anybody who's 100% perfect with any of this stuff. Right. And we, we all kind of meander along and, and, you know, we, we ride that roller coaster. Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down. And so, you know, we, we end up with inconsistent results as a result of that. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't get a, a result that we desire. We often do get results that we desire. Yeah. And those, those are the ones that reinforce, right? They're the ones that say, Oh, maybe this stuff really does work. Maybe we, maybe this is worthwhile. Maybe I am applying a principle that actually does work mm-hmm. all the time. I, it's just mm-hmm. me, you know? So it's, I guess it's part of the learning process, right? It's part of how we come to terms with this stuff and how we develop our, I love Dan's, Dan McGinnis term for it, our edge. We develop our edge of believability over time. Uh-huh. Or, or, or we're Monique, Monique Scott who goes directly to, you know, the first the stage of the universe instantly because she just says, that's it. God's going to deliver it. End of the statement. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm starting to sound crazy, don't you? <laughs> but, you know, I, I kind of like to try and continue to build my belief. And it's all about when you're asking, well, what I find is people ask, kind of like what we were just talking about. Mm. We ask, but we don't ask with expectancy. Like, yeah. like we don't really expect it to happen. I really expect it to happen. If, if it doesn't happen, that's when I'm shocked. Not ever shocked if it does happen, but if it doesn't, then I know, or at least I feel it's something internally. There was mm-hmm. something there, right? Mm-hmm. And if I feel like I can't figure out what it is, then my last resort or reasoning is it's not the right time. Not that I'm not going to get it. I'm just not going to get it right now because God is literally must be setting something else up that's better down the road. And so I you, can be patient and wait. So, so you buy completely into the idea of a perfect time. There's a perfect time for something to happen. Yeah. In some instances, yes, I do. Because mm-hmm. you know me, I told you when I manifest moves and stuff, I just give God a date. Okay. I want it to happen by this time. And 10 times out of 10, it happens by that time frame. It's never not happened. But if something doesn't happen, then yes, then I believe that's that's the case. It's not a no. It's just not a right now because something else better is coming. Right. And what's so interesting is now that I'm thinking about my move from Atlanta, 
my life going back to Atlanta will be drastically different from the life I left just almost a year ago. Sure. I was in corporate America. I can be honest, even though I knew people, I had no friends. Mm. I had no life. <laughs> right. Um, there are a lot of people who work in corporate America who can identify with it. I worked for a brief time <laughs> in corporate America and I knew a lot of people there. I can't honestly say any of them were friends. I like to right. think of them as friends. They were coworkers I enjoyed. But at the bottom line, at the end of the day, there was one who I really did count as a friend and uh -huh. he counted me as a friend. Um, and when I left the company and we had a little party and then, you know, we went out to dinner. He and I had a bit of a moment at the end. In fact, others were teasing us like, oh, okay, yeah, guys, get over this stuff, you know. And, and the two of us were practically in tears because we realized this was going to be it. We weren't going to see each other anymore. Yeah. So there was one, one example of a true friend, but even there, I mean, we didn't care. We could carry the friendship on beyond. We didn't do that. That was the, the closest I came to an ongoing friendship. And it, it still yeah. didn't turn ongoing. And I've never quote unquote made friends. I lied. One person in all of my 20 plus years in corporate America, because my thought process is when I go to jobs, my process, my thought process is I'm here to work. I'm not here to make friends mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. because I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset. And I really like talking about business. Most people just we just didn't have anything in common except one girl. She could really <laughs> cook. And she would always bring extra food that she would cook for her boyfriend the night before for me so I could taste it. So, of course, we became friends. I would think, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. But hey, I want, to, I want to include something that uh, we've been getting a few comments. I want to include something that Jeffrey said about the previous thing we were talking about. He says, I ask okay. myself sometimes, if I'm not meant to have it, why am I inspired to ask for it? What makes you think you're not? What makes you think that you're not meant to have it? That That's going to be my question. He said, why am I inspired to ask for it? If you're inspired to ask for it, I believe that it's for you. Like I said, I just don't believe. Well, I believe that maybe not at the timing that we want it, depending on what that is. And, so and I think it's actually what he means. I th think this is meant to, to be a positive statement. Like so many of us, he made a positive oh, statement by making yeah. two negatives. Two negatives make a positive Oh, kind of think about it. Um, okay. but I think your, your point is valid. If, if he kind of twisted around and said, if I meant to oh, have it, I'm inspired yeah. to ask for it, you know, then it would work, you know? Okay. Yeah. But like how that isn't that what we think, right? We, we often think two negatives make a positive. That's what we're taught because logically that's what we end up with, right? Problem is that's not what we end up with vibrationally. Right. <laughs> hey, but I completely agree with Jeff. I mean, me and Miss. Um, Shirley was talking about that yesterday. She was saying mm -hmm. how all she's ever done is real estate because that's been her passion and her love her whole life. Mm -hmm. She's never been hired to do anything else. And I told her that's part of your purpose. All the yeah. hundreds of people that she's probably helped, you know, sell their home, get into homes or whatever. That's part of her purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what makes it cool. So. Yeah. Well, then, all right. I think we have our experiment set for the week. I'm hoping some of our listeners, both live streamers and regular podcast listeners, are going to play along on this one because this one's an easy one. This is one mm -hmm. that, you know, you really can't go wrong on this one. You can't. I mean, it's, it may seem like you can. Trust me, you can't. In fact, it's going to be scary in many cases how quickly you get the response. That's what I found. I got now my my experiment was over in 0, 0.0 seconds. That's how quickly it, it went, you know. So, but the thing is, not to dismiss it. 
Not That's the thing. When it happens, not to dismiss it and think, oh, that was a coincidence. That's like Cindy said, right. that, that, that wasn't it. Even that wasn't it. It's, it's still coming. It's going to be the next thing. Now, I'm not going to count that one, right? Yeah, no, we definitely want to avoid that. That's not going to help at all. <laughs> if it yeah. comes, it comes no matter what it is. Doesn't matter what right. it is. Pay attention, you guys. Pay you, attention. You know what I think actually helps with that? What? When I remind myself, this isn't the last thing I will ever receive. Hmm. I, think, I think there's a piece of us that worries, like, not not consciously, but there's like a subconscious part of us that says, well, I better get this one right or I'll never get anything again. <laughs> it's like that, that kind of a thing going on in the background for some of us. I think that's where that comes hmm. from. Could be wrong. Maybe that plays into there's only a limited amount of blessings that you can ask God for. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's only or so many blessings in the world. Me. Right. Start right. With small. So, well, we're coming. We're we're starting pretty small. We're not asking for anything specific. Just show me something. Yeah. So that is a good ask. Anyway, before we uh, run out of time, I want to make sure that I encourage listeners who are going to participate to send in a little detail about what it is you're asking for. Yeah, uh, not, not, what, not what you're asking for. We already know what you're asking for. You're asking for something that you, that's yeah. undefined. To so send in what the result it. is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What happened? What, so, you know, send us a little email or use the LOA Today app and send in a note that way. But tell us what happened. And meanwhile, Monique and I will... Uh, reveal what happened with us, what we, what, what we got. I think we're probably going to get more than one, to be honest. But And that's yeah. what I was just about to say. I was going to say, well, you know, I'm always pushing the envelope, right? <laughs> I'm expecting more than one within 48 hours. I believe it. I believe it completely. It's three. Okay. Three? Three in 48 hours? Three. Okay. <laughs> but you're not going to dismiss any of them, so that'll probably work. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole key, right? You just don't dismiss. You say, oh, there's number one. Oh, there's yeah. number two. <laughs> Three little blessings. They don't have to be little. I take that back, God. I take that back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Go for the gusto. Give me something big. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll take three big ones. I would too. Yeah. I, I, I think I will actually ask for something. Give me something really that I, I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't fail to notice what was on the phone that day. You know, five, five, five. That was pretty obvious, but I'd like something even bigger, something, the, the castle versus button idea. I want more toward the castle end than the button end. Let's put it that way. Something that really makes you take notice, like, yeah, oh. like whoa, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. So, all right. Well, then we'll leave it there. We we are going to have that special guest, a uh, friend of uh, Cindy's coming to visit us next week. So that's going to be something I'm really look to look forward to. But we will report on results then, and we will continue with this study of the experiments of Pam Grout the following week. So. In the meantime, I hope you have a great week, Monique. I'm, actually, I'm sure you will. You're getting ready to move to Atlanta. I mean, oh, my goodness. I, I need to stop rolling my eyes. I told you I'm <laughs> still, you know, accepting it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That's okay. It's all good. And, you know, I, I think it's always a little piece of us that says, God, I'm not sure I really want to go through this move. But, you know, we know it's worth it. So that's the Yeah, in about four weeks. So mid mid-May. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So it'll be smooth. It'll be good. We'll just miss you on, on the weeks you won't be able to join us because you're in the middle of the move. But other than that, yeah. oh, anyway, I'm making it. you're gonna make it anyway. Okay. Well, then there, there you go. Everything's perfect. So thank you very much. Thank you, live streamers. Thank you, podcast listeners. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.